The message you're about to listen to is from the 2020 annual conference of the Household of David, themed Mercy. Be blessed as you listen. Let us open our Bibles to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18. In this place, Jesus was speaking about mercy. But the word compassion was used. You see, at the very center of mercy is compassion. And you cannot, be say, you cannot say God is merciful many, many times without saying Jesus was moved with compassion. That is what you find in the New Testament. You find the word mercy more in the Old Testament. But you find the word compassion more in the New Testament. Because when mercy moves you, what is coming out of you is compassion. When mercy moves you, compassion oozes out of you. And then you are a blessing to people and you are able to do exactly what God wants you to do. Matthew 18 verse 15 to 18 and then verse 21 to 35. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then... Take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear thee, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Verse 21. Then came Peter to him, that is Peter came to Jesus. Something was on his mind, he was bothered about something. And said, Lord... How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? It was a question. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. What does that mean? Therefore is the kingdom of heaven. You see, Jesus used parables. Most of the time, one third of what Jesus said were in parables. And the reason why he used parables was because of three reasons. Parables simply means storytelling. He used parables because parables always people, it, it catches people's attention when you tell stories. That is why when I preach and I tell stories, people's attention are caught. They, it catches people's attention. The second reason why he used parables was because Parables always are, 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 awakes people's emotion. People are able to identify with what is being said in a parable. Number three reason why Jesus used parable was because parables are easy to remember. He kept using it so that they can remember it. Many times when I tell stories in explaining a point, many times you may even have forgotten the point, but you remember the story. And for as long as you remember the story, the point will come up later. So he said, Therefore is then I mean, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which will take account of his servants. 
underline servant. And when he had begun to reckon, one, underline one, was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. That is about $20 million. So the servant owed his master 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant, everybody said the same servant, went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. That is a little above twenty dollars. A hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servants fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. The fellow servant said the same thing that he said earlier on. What his fellow servant said was what he said. And he would not, circle he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Circle the word prison. So when his fellow servants, his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, circle wicked servant, I forgive thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even that I have pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, circle wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. Verse 35. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, if you from your heart forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. By the grace of God, I will be speaking on the subject instructions about practicing mercy. Instructions about practicing mercy. Mercy will never be anything without it being practiced. The whole earth is full of the mercy of the Lord, but God said there is no mercy in the land. Was God seeing a different half from the one that Psalm 119 defined? No, it's the same half, but it was blaming the house of Israel because the house of Israel was not doing what they ought to do. Let us pray. Father God, we want to thank you. As we come into this part of service, we want to thank you for your loving kindness, your tender mercies, your love towards us, and your blessing over these meetings. Father, my prayer tonight is that your word and your spirit will have a free course among us and help us such that the things that we learn and receive and hear and see 
we shall be doers and not hearers only. Take the glory and praise. Take the worship and the might, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. When I gave my life to Christ about 40 years ago, because my background was in the occult, one of the first things I was interested in was how powerful God is and what he was able to do. I mean, being in the occult, I saw things appear and disappear. Being in the occult, I had an idea about the power of God. The devil has got power. The fact that it's not, it's not, it does not affect us does not mean the devil is not powerful. Luke 10, 19 said, I have given you authority to turn upon serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So it is power. So when I came, I wanted to know that I hope I've not made a mistake in accepting the God of the Christians from my idol-worshipping background. And so I asked God, I said, what are you able to do? I wanted to tell me what you're able to do. And he made it very clear to me that I could write it down. Now these are things that I got from the mouth of God himself. The Bible says in Job 22 verse 22, receive, I pray you the Lord from his mouth and lay it up in your heart. I received it from God's mouth and I laid it up in my heart. So he told me, he said, write the following thing down. And you'll find it in Ephesians 3, 20. He said, now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. He said, I want to write it down. So I wrote it down. Number one, he said, I'm able to do today anything I've ever done before. Why? Because Jesus Christ the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He is the Lord. He does not change. So, I'm able to do today whatever I've done before. Number two, he said, I'm able to do today whatever I've done for someone else. He said, because I'm not partial. God's word tells us, let nothing be done by partiality. First Timothy 5.21 Romans 10.12 For there is no difference between the Jews and the Greeks for the same Lord over all is given to all that call upon his name. He said, I'm not partial. Whatever I've done for someone else, I'm able to do for you. Not just what I've done before, but what I've done for someone else. Romans 2.11 says, For God is no respecter of persons. Number three, he said, I'm also able to do whatever my word says I am able to do. So write it down. In fact, one of the early reasons why I read the Bible was to know various areas where God's word describes what God is able to do. Philippians 3.21 said, He's able to subdue all things. Job 42 verse 2 says, This I know God you can do all things. Hebrews 7.25 said he's able to save to the utmost. They that come unto God through Christ. 2 Timothy 1.12 said he's able to keep whatever we commit into his hands against that day. So God is able to do whatever the word of God tells us he is able to do. Number four, he said write it down. I'm also able to do whatever in my word I told you you could ask me for. Whatever my word says, ask of me. I will do it. 
The word of God says in Psalm 2 verse 8, Ask of me, and I will give the heathens to you for your inheritance, and the utmost part of the earth for your possession. You remember what happened to Solomon? 1 Kings chapter 3 verse 5, 2 Chronicles 1 7. He said, Whatsoever you ask me, he said, Just ask me anything, and I will give it to you. So God is able to do whatever His word tells us He's able to do. He's also able to do whatever. He, whatever his, the, the word of God tells us, we can ask him for. You have not, James 4, 2, because you ask not. Matthew 7, 7, ask, you shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. For he that asketh, receiveth it, and seeketh, findeth. He that knocketh, the door shall be opened unto them. God also told me, number five, I'm able to do for you whatever I have promised. He said, if there is a promise, what's the promise? A promise is either a verbal or a written undertaking to give or to do something on demand. He has promised, he will never fail. Titus 1, 2 says, God, God who have promised cannot fail. He can't fail. When he makes a promise, he backs it up with corresponding action. Psalm 89, verse 34, my covenant will I not break, neither will I take back the words that are proceeded out of my mouth. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be the proceed out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in that into which I said. Now, God was giving me these assurances because I needed it. I wanted to know because, you see, I was coming from an occultic background where I could just sleep in my room and find myself in France. I could just sleep in my room, put my leg against the wall and find myself in Kenya attending meetings with other people from all over the world. So I was interested. Will this power still be there? Will I still have access to the power of God? Like I've always had access to. God said, if I promise it, he has promised, he will never fail. I mean, he, tell, he said, once you get a promise, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, just get me two verses, or two instances, about something that I promised, he shall do it. Jesus said it in John 14, 13, whatsoever shall ask the Father in my name, I will do it. Whatsoever shall ask, rather, whatsoever shall ask in my name, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I said, okay, sir. Then he says, number six, I am also able to do what man cannot do. The fact that doctors say they can't do anything does not mean that it can be done. The fact that lawyers say your case is beyond redemption doesn't mean that it cannot be done. The Bible tells us in Matthew 19, 26, if you read uh, uh, Mark 10, 27, Luke 18, 27, it said, with mental things are impossible, but not with God, for with God, all things are possible. I said, thank you very much. I said, is that all? He said, no. I said, what can you do again? Then he referred me back to that scripture. Ephesians 3, 20 that I, just, that I just quoted. And what does he say? Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. So I said, you are able to do it. He said, yes, but none of my children ask me for it. None of my children put a demand on me to do it. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, I have not seen, 
he had not heard. What means there are certain things that your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, and have not entered into your heart that God is able to do. But why does he not do it? Why does he not do it? It's a big question. So I said, you are able to do, yes. He said, I'm not just able to do what my, the Bible tells you, you can ask me. I'm not just able to do today what I've done before. I'm not just able to do for you what I did for someone else. I'm not just able to do for you what I promised. He said, I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above. Ask, you ask or think. I said, but why don't you do it? He said, read on. And that scripture says, according to the power that works within us. The reason why God does not exceed our expectation and we, where we do not see the fullness of the power and provisions of God is because many times the power of God is not working well inside us. For God to do exceeding abundantly above, it is not because he's able to do it. It's not because he has promised it. It's because the power at work in you cooperates with him to make it possible. Many times we think it all depends on God. Many times God is waiting for you. Only God can save the world. God cannot save the world alone. That is why God calls men his hand. Psalm 17 verse 14. So God told me, he said, many times when I am primed to do exceedingly abundantly above, he said, when I come for my people to cooperate with me, the power of God is, the power in them is not working well. So I'm not able to do it, not because I cannot, not because I'm not willing to, but because the power that's supposed to cooperate with me in them is not working as it should work. Is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according, according, according to the power that is at work in us. Now, many, many times, why is it that the power of God does not work well in us? Because Satan knows that that is what it takes for God. To do exceedingly abundantly above. So what he does. Is that he goes to hinder you. By not allowing the power of God. To work well. Within you. Satan hinder people. First Peter chapter 3 verse 7 tells us. Husband and wife. So that your prayer will not be hindered. Apostle Paul said it one time. Romans 15 22. He said I was greatly hindered. From coming to you. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 18. He said I. Even I. Paul was hindered. The Galatian Christians were hindered. Paul spoke to them in Galatians 5 7. He said to them. He said you did one well. Who did hinder you? If the power of God is not working well inside you. You will not get the fullness. Of the power. Of what God's ability is able to put at your disposal. And one reason that the devil has been known to use to work against many of us Christians that does not allow the power of God to work within us is that he makes us take offenses in a way in which we should not. He makes us take offenses 
in a way that we should not. That is one way he hinders us. I mean, let me say this to you. Every one of us, regardless of who you are, in this world, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, whether you're educated or illiterate, one thing that you will experience is that you will offend people and people will offend you. The way you take such offenses will go a long way to determine how effectual the power of God will be working in you to cooperate with God to get the kind of results that you are looking for. He gets us, in, Satan will get you to a position whereby no matter what efforts you make, you will be offended. Every one of us without exception. I've been a Christian for 40 years. I'm living in this world close to 65 years. One thing I can tell you, wherever you go, whoever you are, no matter how gentle or timid you are, you will either offend people or people will offend you. Whether it is you offending people or people offending you, if you do not take it the way you ought to take it, it will work against the power of God and so the full ability of God you will not experience according to the power. According to the power. Nobody can get saved without cooperating with God. So that is the power that works in people. They cooperate with God. They give him their will. They yield themselves to him. And in the same way, you'll be offended. But let me say this. It's not whether you are offended or whether people offend you. Both people, whether offended or you are the one offending, you will learn how to take. You will learn how to practically practice mercy. Or else, the fullness of the power of God will not be yours. That is why the Bible says, let us be careful. Hebrews forward, let us fear. Let the promise left for us of entry into his rest. Any of us should seem to come short of it. Sin can make people come short. But at times, offenses can also make people come short. Offenses can affect your life. Whether you are the one offending people or you are the one people offending. Those two, none of us here can say, I've not been offended or I've not offended people. Jesus tried when he was here not to offend people. But you know what? He offended people. If Jesus with his level of performance is closeness to God could offend people and could himself feel offended then who are you? Jesus was very careful. One time in Matthew 17, 27 he did things he said so that we will not offend them. Matthew 17, 27 he said so that we will not offend them. In Joel chapter 6 verse 61 he was speaking about the Holy Communion to his own disciples. And the way the people were responding, people say, what do you mean? You want to give us your flesh to eat? You want to give us your bread to, uh, your blood to drink? Are we vampires? We have been delivered from idol worship. Now you are saying, I have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. He said to them in John 6, 61, he says, does this offend you? Does this offend you? Peter said he will not offend or he will not be offended. In Matthew 31, Jesus said, all of you tonight will be offended because of what they are going to do to me. 
Peter said, ah, uh -uh. be far from you. Verse 33, Peter was offended. So what I'm saying is this. Try as much as you can. Jesus went to his village to preach. I mean, that's a good place to go to. But you know what he did there? He offended them. Matthew 13, 57. The Bible said they were offended by what he said. They were offended when he called himself son of God. They were offended. One time he was preaching in Matthew 15 verse 12. He was saying to the Pharisees, what defines a man is not what goes into a man, but what comes out of a man. And the apostles had to tell him, the Pharisees were offended when they heard what he said. So even Jesus could not keep back from offenses. The Bible says in Matthew 18 verse 7, it is impossible. He said, war unto the world because of offense. It's impossible, but that offense will come. It's repeated in Luke 17 verse 1. He said, it is impossible, but that offense will come. That is why you need to learn how to handle offenses. That is why you need to learn how to practice mercy. Because if you do not practice mercy, you will not be able to conquer the force that offenses will bring against you. At the core of mercy is forgiveness. At the very core of mercy is forgiveness. Let me read some definitions here of mercy to you. It defines mercy as I mean, it defines mercy as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone which is within our power to punish or harm. It's compassion. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness can be defined as a conscious, deliberate decision not to release, not to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards the person who has harmed, hurt us or who actually deserves it. At the center of mercy is forgiveness. So you need to practice it. Jesus was so concerned about this issue that he, he preached about it. He gave this parable about it. This entire parable is a parable about showing mercy, practicing mercy because of offense. Because it is impossible, but the offense will come. It's impossible. You cannot avoid it. No matter who you are, no matter where you go, no matter the group in which you walk in. If you avoid them, you will offend them. If you mix too much, you cannot but step on toes. So what do I now do? You learn how to handle it. And how do I handle it? Mercy. You need to, you need to ooze with mercy. I'm going to explain this to you in a few minutes. Jesus spoke about offenses and what we ought to do about it and with it so that it will not make us displease him. When we are displeasing God, when God is not happy with us, his power will not work well inside us. The power that is supposed to be working inside us to make sure we get exceeding abundantly above, we not function in that way. And this is why many people are limited in life. At times you cannot know 
Why are things about me the way they are? You have offended people. And people have offended you. It's either way or both ways. But either way or both ways. I want to give us instructions tonight. About how to practice mercy. The whole earth is full of the mercy of God. But there is no mercy in the land. Because the people who are supposed to practice it. Are not practicing it. So God said in the book of Hosea chapter 4 verse 1. He said I'm holding the house of Israel responsible. I'm holding the believers responsible. Because if there's anybody who knows, the believers know. The Bible says in Hosea 6.3, then shall we know if we follow to know the Lord. In a church, we'll be offended. In a department, we'll be offended. In your family, you'll be offended. In the place where you live, you'll be offended. Along the street, as you drive, you'll be offended. As we're coming here tonight, we offended people and people offended us. As you drive back, you will offend people and people will offend you. But you see, what you do when you're offended is so important. Not that you're offended. I mean, some people are more sensitive than other people, yes. But you see, you need to learn and make up your mind, I'm going to practice mercy. When I didn't know that I needed to practice mercy when I'm offended, I lived a miserable life. Someone said it like this, and I like it. He said, unhappy is he who cannot forgive. Anybody who cannot forgive, he said you'll be an unhappy person. Let me say it like this again. We think that forgiveness is weakness. But it's actually, it's actually absolutely strength to forgive. Only strong people overlook a matter. Weak people hold on to it. They repeat it. Ten years ago you did it. This was what you did yesterday. This is how you carry yourself in the church. This is how you change my seat. This is how you carried my vehicle and repacked it. You cannot offend people. People don't know the effect. Because you see, when you offend people or people offend you, both of you are going nowhere. In the parable we read, at the end, the person who offended and the person who was offended, they were both in jail, in prison. Let us look at some eight things here. Which I would just want us probably just to look at very quickly. Jesus spoke about practicing of practicing mercy, showing compassion and forgiveness at least five times, very detailed. And we are going to lift eight lessons from what Jesus said. Receive, I pray you, the law from his mouth and lay it up in your heart. So 119, verse 128. He said, I've extreme his word concerning everything to be true. And that has kept me from every false way. Psalm 17 verse 4 said, concerning the works of men, by the words of your lips, O God, I have kept myself away from the path of the destroyer. The lesson I am teaching you tonight, I learned it in pain. It was when I was going to die that I learned this lesson. And so I'm teaching you because... It may not have become grievous with you. But you see, when you know something and you do not do it, uh, God will hold you responsible for it. So, Jesus spoke about offenses, compassion, forgiveness, overlooking things in mercy. In five places. Matthew 5, 23 to 24. Matthew 6, 12. 
to 15, Mark 11, 25 to 26. I will explain those ones as we go on. And then Luke, I mean, Luke 11, 3 and 4, and then Luke 17, 3 to 5. I will be referring to all these scriptures as we go on. I will be telling you what the scriptures have to say and what you ought to do. So that you get the power working. Power working inside you. A lady I met some years ago, 35 years old. No sweetheart, no husband, no anything. And I said to her, just check it. I said, he said, I don't know what I've done. I'm in church. I pay my tithe. I give my offering. I said, let me ask you. Do you have something against you? Or is there someone who's got something against you? He said, does that matter? I said, yes, it matters. He said, my mother, I will never forgive her. You see, that was it. That thing had laid it. It made the power of God not to work well for her. So that she was receiving mediocre divine performance. What God was doing was minimum instead of maximum. He is able to do exceeding. Maximum. That is what God should be doing in your life. But if you are not careful, the power of God. I just told her, I said, can we call her? He said, no, 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 I don't want to have anything to do with her. I don't want that. I said, look, you are going to have something to do with her. Except you don't want what you want. Except you don't want the best that God has to offer. Except you don't practice compassion. Except you don't manifest and practice mercy. So she said, okay. I called the woman. Hello, ma. He said, hello, who is that? I said, I'm here with your daughter. He said, use this girl. Use, ah. So she also had something against her. Just like she had against her. I said, ma, can we see? He said, when? I said, now. Because it was the same city. He said, okay. If he said, come, say, who are you? I said, I'm a man of God. I'm a reconciler of people. A restorer of the path to dwell in. A repairer of bridges. So the mother came and I sat them down. I said, what's all this? And I told the sister, I said, you are younger. Forgive her and let her know you are forgiving her. She said, I forgive you, mom. It's okay. I mean, I know you hurt me, but I'm okay. I'm sorry. And I told the mom, mom, why I forgive her? She said, she's my daughter now. What does it pay for me to have anything against her? Both of them did not even know that thing was having any effect on what they were receiving. In life, worshiping God but have no evidence. Worshiping God but cannot show results. This may be the reason why you are married. It may be the reason why your finances have collapsed. Listen, the devil knows how to put a spoke in our wheel. The Bible said in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, it said, take up the little foxes. Is the little spots that spoil our divine, our grapes are tender. Proverbs 25, verse 4, remove the dross from the silver. A vessel shall come out for the finer. Remove the dross. If a man shall purge himself of these things, then shall he become a vessel. The difference between a man and a vessel is purging. Many, many times, my brother, sister, you need to examine yourself. You need to look at your heart. Lamentations 340 say, Let us try, let us examine our ways. Let us return to God. South Corinthians 13 5. He said, Examine yourself whether you are in the faith. Many times we think we are doing right. Now, that, that's the mother and the sister. I didn't do anything, no fantastic anything, no anointing fire. Fire! Nothing. Just scriptures. I'm practicing what the word says. 
The Bible said by, by God's word, his servants are warned. Psalm 19 verse 11. In the doing of it, there is a great reward. He gives us his word to warn us. Jesus spoke about it because it was a matter of serious concern. Because if Jesus reconciled us to God, why should we not be reconciled to each other? The cross of Christ is two pieces of wood. One is vertical, the other one is horizontal. Without the vertical one, you are not connected to God. Without the horizontal one, if you are not connected to man, then there is a problem because the body of Christ is a body. And there must be unism. There must be, there must be sharing of life. And that's all I did. I just prayed. I said, well, Father, we thank you today. Whatever it is, limited forces. The devil takes advantage of these things. Second Corinthians 2.11 Let's say that you have an advantage of us. We are not ignorant of his devices. This is part of the device of the devil that he has used to ruin families. To ruin siblings. To ruin businesses. To ruin people's health. Some people are in the prison of ill health because of unforgiveness. Some people have been, lives have been going around in a circle and things have not changed despite all effort. They have laid a hand on them they have anointed them with oil. They have even put them into barrels of oil. But that will not change. Because God is superior to behold iniquity and cannot do evil. Sin is this simple. James 4 17, for him to know to do good and does not do it, it's sin. First John chapter 5, verse 17 says, Every righteousness is sin. First John chapter 3 verse 4. Every transgression of the law is sin. Romans 14, 22. He said, whatsoever is not of faith, it's sin. If you are not acting on the word that the word Jesus has already given you, it is not faith. Faith acts on the word. When what you are doing is not what the word of God says you should do, that is not acting in faith. So please understand it as I'm saying it now. Sin is a reproach. Jeremiah 5.25 He said your sins and your iniquity withhold good things from you. One translation says it is your crimes that have affected your welfare. Many, many times you don't know these are little foxes. The devil always wants to operate incognito. Incognito means to operate without you noticing that he is there. It will just make you hold something small. It will just make you feel that pain small. The Bible says you need to forgive if you have ought. Ought means the smallest. The devil wants to operate without being noticed. So Jesus spoke about it. And he gave us this parable, a parabolic diagrammatical expression of what happens behind the scenes. Well, we do not forgive people that hurt us. It's impossible, but that offense will come. No matter who you are. Our fathers offend us. Our sinners offend us. Our neighbors offend us. Our friends offend us. Our church members offend us. Even our pastor have said some things that offended you. Some of us left the fellowship, left the church. Because of what the pastor's wife did. I've been there before. And I know how it is. And I know the price you pay for offenses 
is not necessary. It's an evil that blows no person any good wind. So Jesus spoke about it. We are going to look at eight things that he spoke about. And then I will have done exactly what I believe the Lord. These are instructions about how to practice it. It is one thing to know I need to, uh, I need to, uh, I need to express mercy. I need to practice mercy. I need to show compassion. Is another thing to know how to do it. It's one thing that you know that you need to do something. Is another thing for you to know how to do it. How to do it is so important. Number one. When we talk about forgiving those who trespass or who offended us, they are not limited to Christians. They are not limited to people that you know. They are not limited to people that are alive. Let me say something to you. I'm a Christian and I've been a Christian for 40 years. Very long into when I became a Christian, I had something against my father who was dead. Some of us feel offended by the dead. It was not when they died that they offend you. It was when they were alive. So when we say forgiveness, is not something, it, it includes the, your classmate. The driver driving in front of you. The person who broke into your car and took your laptop. The burglar who stole your brand new car. It's impossible. But offense will come. In the business of living, we cross paths with a lot of people. And a lot of people hurt us. And they will hurt us. Because they have hurt us. They are hurting us. And they will hurt us in the days ahead. And if I don't know how to manage it, I will displease God. And the power of God will not work well in my life. And if the power of God does not work in my life, I will not enjoy God. The extent to which I'm expected and required to enjoy God. In those scriptures... In Mark's gospel, chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said, If you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any. Any means anybody. Any means everybody. A member of the human race. If you have ought against them, it could be the security. It could be the maintenance officer who was supposed to start the generator. It could be the video man. It could be the sound man. If you have ought. Someone said, how can I know I'm offended when you are upset with something that was said, something that was done, a situation in which you are put. You are upset by it. That is what an offense means. An offense simply means anything that hurts our feelings. It means anything that displeases us. It means anything that causes us to be angry. It means anything that upsets us. If you have ought against any, any and everybody. When you read again from Matthew, I mean when you read, I'm giving you Mark 11, 25. When you read from Matthew chapter, four, chapter 6, verse 14, it uses the word. If you do not forgive Man, that word man does not mean does not include woman. It is the word that is used to describe a member of the human race. It said, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will God forgive you your debts or forgive you your own debts. 
And then by the time you read Luke chapter 11, it's, that one says it very clearly, I like it. Verse 3 and 4, it used the word, if we do not, if you do not, if we do not forgive men, everyone, if we don't forgive everyone, their sins against us, neither will our heavenly father forgive us our own indebtedness. The word any, the word man, the word everyone simply means it could be everybody and anybody. In life, anybody and everybody offend us. Judas was offended. Some people say, why? Where was he offended? You know, there was a time he told that woman that came, you know, that woman that came to, to, to pour some very expensive balm on Jesus' feet. And he said, he said, why is it that you are wasting this oil? Why don't you sell this oil? And then we put the money in the treasury. Jesus said, keep quiet. This, the Bible said, Jesus said this because he knew that he wanted to steal from the money. And Judas was offended. It never became open. But when I researched about Judas Iscariot, I discovered one of the reasons why he did what he did was that something he didn't, he didn't, he didn't forgive him. He had something against Jesus. Joseph was offended by his brothers. Potiphar's wife offended Joseph. Potiphar offended Joseph. Daniel, the three Hebrew children were offended by their co-workers. Even offenses by our co-workers carry the same weight. They don't have to be Christians. For the offenses we feel against them to hold us in bondage. All is, I feel hot. I feel upset. Several years ago, I told God, I said, how can I know I'm forgiving somebody? He said, well, you remember what they did and it does not hurt you anymore. So being hot is the evidence that I'm holding offense. I don't like the way he told me back. I don't like the way he spoke to me. You see that? You're hot. You're upset. Now, it may not be a big one. He may not slap you. You may just want to pass to go to the toilet. And you'll be going up and down to the toilet like, like a football. Rolling up and up and down. And he was, can I go say, please sit down. Ah, what's wrong with you? Say, ah, be careful. And you feel, and you still come back and your face is still hard. You see that? That is an offense. Because it hurts you. It upsets you. And it is in you. And the power is supposed to work in you. Jesus Forgave everyone. You remember the servant who cut off the ear of Peter? He forgave him. The people who nailed him to the cross. Luke 23, 34. He said, Father, forgive them because I have forgiven them. He didn't say, I'm forgiving them. He said, Father, you're the one who don't forgive them. I have forgiven them. Because they don't know what they are doing. They don't know what they are doing. It's not everybody who comes against you who knows what they are doing. Some people are being used by the devil to work against the power of God in you and you don't know. Your wife can wake up and pick a quarrel. Your husband can wake up and pick a quarrel. And for the whole week, both of you are hard-faced. You are cheating yourselves. You are putting yourself in a negative position. Matthew 5, 44 says, love your enemies. Wow. Wow. 
Love is the bond of perfectness. Say love your enemies. Everyone. Everyone. Love your enemies. The Bible says in, uh, in Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22, it says love unfeigned. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 17, it says love the brotherhood. Love your enemies. I never knew it was possible for me to do. But Jesus told me if he could love me when I was an enemy against him, why can I not with the same capacity as given me love my enemies? He's not asking you to do what you cannot do. So the first thing you need to do is Proverbs 10, 12, love covered the multitude of sin is about everybody. Even people who have died. I told you about my own father. My father looked at me when I came back 1971 from three and all my positions were higher than my marks. You know, if you had a class of 40 people and you score 30%, your position will probably be 37. My father looked at me like this. My own father, he said, you are the black sheep of this family. And for so many years, wherever I was, whatever I was doing, that thing kept echoing. You are the black sheep. My father told me that day, I can still remember the look on his face. He said, when I see a black sheep, I know one. He said, there are no families that does not have a black sheep. You are the one here. And for so long, it hurt me. I got born again, it hurt me. I got married, it was still hurting. Whenever my wife talks about my feelings, I remember the father said, you are the black sheep. You are the black sheep. And for so long, and God told me when they said, you are the one holding me back. I said, no, I'm not. I know the power of God was not working well in me. I was helping people that needed help. Most many of the time, little things, little things are the ones that flow us in the business of living. So number one, when it comes to forgiveness, everybody should be forgiven. Nobody should be left out. So if there is anyone, tell God to juggle your memory. Search me, oh God, I know my heart. Try me, I know my thoughts. If there is any wicked way in me, bring it up to me. We need to examine ourselves from time to time. The Bible says when you come to the communion table, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, let every man examine himself. Number two, another thing we need to know about forgiveness is that when someone hurts you, there are two choices. One of them is to forbear. Which means you tolerate it. Now to be able to do that, you must have developed your capacity for mercy. You tolerate it. To forbear means to tolerate. It means to endure. But if you cannot, basara, The Bible now tells us what next to do. It says, if you cannot forbear, Colossians 3.13, it says, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man has a quarrel against any, as Christ has forgiven you, even so do ye. So you don't have to necessarily need to forgive people if you can forbear. Ephesians 4.2 says, 
forbearing one another. Someone says something negative, he does not even enter you. Your friend said, Did you hear what he said? Say, What did he say? Forbear. Over the years, I have grown a thick skin. Those who do not know what you do better than you doing it will criticize what you do. Do you know the best footballers are not the ones on the pitch? They are the ones watching. And when you see some of them say, Ah, oh, you're for the you look at their stomach. Part of life ministry. <laughs> so, when someone hurts you, you have two choices. One, forbear it. If you cannot forbear, then forgive it. Another thing I wanted to know is this. The Bible calls offenses death. I looked at a dictionary definition of offenses this afternoon. It says counseling of death. Let me now explain it to you. If you offend me, I owe you. That's why the Bible says, Oh, no man, nothing but love. If you offend me, I am the one who owe you. I am the one who needs to forgive you. If I offend you, you owe me. So actually the Bible calls offenses debt. If you look at Matthew 6, 12, it says, forgive us our debt as we also forgive our debtors. If you offend me, you owe me. I mean, I owe you. You offend me. I owe you. I offend you. You owe me. So, we need debt cancellation. And it's only mercy that cancels debt. For debts not to be paid. It's either debts are paid or debts are cancelled. Wherever debts are cancelled, it's mercy that does it. That was what cancelled our debt when we gave our life to Christ. Though your sins may be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they may be as red as crimson, they shall be as white as wool. So look at it like that. It's like if you offend me, I am owing you. So I need to pay you. And what do I pay you? Forgiveness. There are many people you owe and there are many people that owe you. I went to the church of a pastor. Big pastor, big church, nice congregation, wonderful man of God, wonderful husband, but no child. I told him, I said, what has happened? Have you gone to the hospital? He said, well, we have gone to the hospital. We have done all the tests. I said, what happened? He said, well, there's nothing. He said, there's nothing. 15 years after marriage, there's nothing? I said, there's something. As the bird by wandering and the fly by flying, the curse, curseless, shall not come. Proverbs 26, verse 2. I said, there's something. So I asked him, I said, when you are going to get married, what happened? He said, well, uh, my daddy was not interested in the marriage. My daddy said, I should not marry him. He said, but I told my daddy that, look, I've made my choice. And I'm going to marry him regardless of what he feels. And the man said, really? After all I suffered? Your mother died when you were young. I brought you up. You're not telling me this. 
after all the effort? He said, but the daddy don't say more than that. It was here in Lagos, somewhere on the island. And so I said to them, I said, where is the man now, the daddy? He said, somewhere, he's very old. I've not even spoken to him in the last 25 years. I said, we are going to speak to him. We sent for the man, old man, 92. He could hardly walk when he came. I told the man, I said, I'm sorry, but I'm just trying to do what the Bible says, repairing the breaches and restoring the parts to dwell in. The man said, okay. So what happened? I said, this is your daughter. He said, yes, I can still remember yes, my daughter. He said, but she's not married. I said, what do you mean, sir? He said, what she said to me still rings a bell. Even when you spoke to me that I should come, he said it was ringing my ears. He said, for what I suffered to raise this girl, he said, I don't need to do anything. God knows. The devil will put that kind of small offense and it will, it will nail you to the floor. Pray the prayer you can pray. You are breaking spiritual laws. If you don't forgive, you are not walking by divine principle. If you don't, if you are not merciful, you haven't received mercy, you are not walking by. You are what they call a scudrel. A scudrel is somebody who does not walk by principles by which they should walk. The father said to me, he said, who taught you this, sir? That you should call me so that I can pray for her. I said, it is the Bible that tells us. Obey your parents, the Lord, honor your father and your mother. That it may be well. At times it's not well with us. Not because of anything. It, because you did not honor your father and mother. You did not honor your father and mother. Simple. So I begged the man. And I told him, I said, you have an opportunity now. This man is too old. If this woman shall, this man can die like this. You will make... She fell on her knees and started crying and held the father's leg. But I said, ah, oh, oh, oh. I didn't want to unsay what I said. The father said, he said, you don't see children behind a snake. And so all the days of her life, because of what she has done to dishonor him, there will be no children or crowd of children in the house. You see, and that's the parental authority. That is an authority our parents have. Many people take turn on this thing for granted because they say, I'm born again now. There are certain laws that are divine, that are enshrined in the word. And because of the way you feel, of the way you understand things, doesn't change the repercussions. The father says, uh, he said, okay, okay, stand up. I'll give you male children. He was speaking like God. That was what Jacob did. I give you male children. I give you female children. I give you your heart desires. I make you a, a, a fruitful woman. This man is not born again. But he is a parent who understands the authority of parenthood. He just said those words. And I said, thank you, I prostrated. He said, ah, ah. He said, I have made up my mind that I will never unsay it, no matter what happens. He said, because of what this girl made me go through, raising her up when her mother died. To cut the long story short, 
The woman has five children. Five. The first child she gave birth to was a set of twins, boys. They took the children. They, they, they took the children to the, to the man. Baba, name the children. <laughs> Baba gave them children. Before they could give birth again, Baba had died. But let me say this to you. Forgive if you have art against any. She had something against the father. The father has something against her. And both of them were locked down. But it affected her the most because the man was not going to have children anymore. It's called debt. You know how you need to pay your debt? In the natural? That is how you need to forgive. In the spiritual. And that is practicing mercy. That Baba never gave her anything except mercy. He just overlooked what she did. He just had compassion on her. And overlooked what she did. Number three. When it comes to forgiveness. How are we to forgive? Number one. You are required. Not just to forgive the way you feel like. But to forgive the way Jesus forgave. Christ has given us an example. That we should follow in his steps. He has given us an example. John 13, 15. As I have done, even so do ye. Luke 6, 40. The disciple cannot get out of his master. He that shall be perfect shall be like his master. Colossians 3, 30 says, Forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man hath quarreled against any, even as Christ have done, even so do ye. How do I need to forgive? The way Jesus forgave. Let me go on again. You need to forgive how? The way God forgives. How does God forgive? Ephesians 4. Verse 32. The B part. Even as God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. That is how you are supposed to forgive. I forgive for Christ's sake. I don't forgive somebody because they merit it because they don't. That's what mercy is. I forgive them because of Jesus. The blood. The blood that is shed. I forgive because I have been forgiven. I forgive because I will need forgiveness. I forgive because I'm ordered to forgive. How? Even as Christ forgave. Somebody say I cannot forgive. That's not true. That's nothing like you cannot. John 15, 5. Without me, you can do nothing. But Philippians 4, 30 says, I can do all things. I thought I cannot forgive my father. That's what I thought. But God spoke to me and said, 1 John 4, 4. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said, the greater one in you will help you do it. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. He's able to make all grace abound. Towards you that you have sufficiency in all things. There's nothing like you cannot forgive. You can. But many times we don't want to. There's nothing anybody has gone against you. That people have not done against other people. You're not the first person to be offended that way. The Bible said in the last days. Matthew 24 10. It says many shall be offended. Many shall Betray each other 
and many will hate each other. I am a senior pastor, apostolic oversight. Some ministers have caught me in such a way that I thought I would not be able to. Let me give you one instance. This pastor of mine, some years ago, drove me to the airport here in Lagos. I was going to England. He drove me to the airport on uh, a Thursday. I was going for a program over the weekend, and then I was going to spend an extra weekend and then come. He took me to the airport. He checked me in and said, sweet, he branched on the way to Suya University. We bought Suya chicken, Suya and all that. He gave me all the things. He said, Daddy, we love you. You know, we appreciate you. We do this, we do this. And then we left. I left. On Sunday morning after service in England, a call came from a member of the church. They said, Pastor, on Sunday, went to the pulpit. The first thing is that he started crying. Ah, what happened? Ah, Reverend George bastardized me. Reverend George messed me up. Reverend George has betrayed me. Reverend George is an enemy. And after he cried, they had to beg him. Okay, Pastor, okay. Okay. You know, it was what he wanted to do. This pastor removed everything in the church. Chair, musical equipment, table, AC. The only thing that was well was. I must say to myself, what is this? What is this? It was betrayal. Just like Jesus was betrayed by Judas. Did Jesus forgive Judas? Oh, yes. But Judas did not forgive himself. The most difficult person to forgive is yourself. There are but same things, some things I've done that I could not forgive myself for so long. But you know what? I had to come to a point when I had to forgive myself. I kept beating myself on the air. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Until I knew that if I did not forgive myself, it was going to affect me. Because for as long as I did not forgive myself, I cannot go forward. Forgiveness opened the door for you to go ahead. So we need to forgive the way Christ forgave. We need to forgive the way God forgives. Then we need to forgive for whose purpose? For yourself. If you don't forgive, it will hurt you. God told me this years ago and he gave me scriptures. Isaiah 43 verse 25. He said, I, even I and he that blotted out your transgression for my own sake. If you are forgiving somebody, is it not for your sake? It's for your sake. It's for the sake of the person. It's for Christ's sake. So you need it. You cannot do it for your sake. Because you don't care about yourself. For the sake of the other person. And for Christ's sake. The Bible says, even as Jesus, even as God, for Christ's sake, forgive us. Which means God considered Jesus to forgive you. That's what I consider at times when some people help me. I couldn't forgive that man until I started considering Jesus. There is no temptation that is taking you but such as is common to man. Not the first wife whose husband kicked out in the night. One of my daughters was telling me recently 1 a.m. only with pajamas. The man drove out of the house after 13 years of marriage. 1 a.m. He said, I will teach you a lesson. Here in Lagos. Gave her pajamas. Yeah. Out. Afira. She was on the road. She had to go and hibernate in a church. And then went to the police in the morning. 
the man had beaten up black blue. And I was telling her, I said, you have to forgive her. He said, for who? I said, for your sake. You can't go forward for as long as you feel bitter. You have to get better. You have to be healed to make progress. Some of us have retarded our lives unnecessarily. People will mess you up. They will leave you. They will do all of that. But greater is he that is in you. That he that is in the world. You forgive how? For Christ's sake, you forgive how? The way Jesus forgave. You forgive how? The way God forgave. You forgive how? Because you need to be well. I need to be well. You can never be a good father if you have not forgiven your own father. Because let me say this to you. I have three lovely children. 35, 33, and 30. No doubt I have hurt them several times. And you know what I do? Even till now, if you remember anything that I said or did years ago, forgive me. And if you remember anything that you think I should, just tell me, I'll forgive you. Why? Because if you don't do it, the power of God will not work well inside you. Many times, it's not that you're not praying. But you have by your character destroyed God's power inside you. And so God's power is not able to deliver the full thing that it has capacity to give us. Listen carefully. Forgive. Without Christ, I cannot. Look, people have done some things for me that if it is not one of my church, church members, I was telling them this, you know, he duped me. When this boy was a student in our church, how did we bring him to church? Our church members went on evangelism. They went to an incomplete building and they saw him there. What are you doing here? They brought him to church. What's wrong with you? They talked to him, spoke to him and everything. He became a child of God. He became a student university. I put him on 5,000 salaries every month. In those days, it was a lot of money. When he finished, he now said, ah, daddy, there is this, there is this. I, I, was, I trusted him. I trusted him. You trust the pilot with your life when you enter the aircraft. You trust the driver with your life when you enter the bus. You trust the banker with your money. But some of them embezzle it. But what I'm saying is this. This boy kept collecting money, kept collecting money, until he had collected 75 million naira. And then I said, where is the land now? He said, daddy, daddy. No, don't call me daddy. Don't call me daddy again. So what kind of betrayal have I not experienced? But you know, I have made sure to keep God's power working in my life irrespective of what they do. The one I cannot forbear, I forgive. Because if I don't, the devil works with those things, making sure the power of God does not work well. And God cannot reach you because God is superior than to behold iniquity. Habakkuk 1, 13. And cannot look on evil. How do I forgive? Forgive for my sake. I need to be well. You need to be well. You need to be well. One of the things the Bible tells us to say to the wicked is that it will be ill with him. Isaiah 3, 11. It says it will be ill with him. In preaching English, it will not go better for him. Go on. <laughs> go and listen to in, in, in preaching English Bible. It's not going to say to a wicked man, it will not go better for him.
Number four, quickly. God wants us to operate in unlimited forgiveness. Now, let me quickly explain it like this. He wants us to operate in unlimited forgiveness. If you read Matthew 5, verse 23 and 24, it says when you bring your gift to the altar, you bring your gift to the altar, and you remember that somebody has something against you. He said, drop your gift. Drop it. And go and be reconciled to that person. That is the first thing. Which means you are not the offended person. You are the one who offended. Okay. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, I mean, verse 15 to 17 that we read earlier, it said, if your brother trespass against you, which means you are now the one that is what? Offended. What does he say? He said, go to him. So whether you are the one offended or you are the one offending people, what do you do? You make an effort to extend the hand of mercy. That is unlimited. You are the offended person. He said, ah, I, what you said to me, I didn't feel anything though. But he feels something by what you said. So if you are the one offended or you are the one who was offended, make sure you practice mercy. Make sure you reconcile. Make sure you work on it and make sure you work things out. Or else the power of God will not work well in you. Now listen carefully. Now God wants us to operate in unlimited forgiveness. That's what I mean. Now, when you read and look chapter 17, verse 3 and 4, the Bible said, And Jesus said unto them, If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. If he repent, forgive him. And if he trespasses seven times, and he repents, he says, Forgive him. That was in Luke 17. Now, Peter was bothered about such a statement because among the Pharisees in those days, they believed that three times for someone to offend you is enough time in a relationship. If someone offends you three times, the Pharisees teach in those days, break the relationship and forget about it. But he had just said seven times and in a day, so Peter came to him and said, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Matthew 18, 21. He said, how many times do you say my brother can trespass against me and I forgive him until seven times? Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, I did not say until seven times, but until 70 times seven and that in a single day. That is why when you read Luke 17 verse 5, Peter and the apostle says, Lord, increase our faith. That's what he said. What God was teaching here is this. When people offend you, don't count it. Don't say, this is your third time. Don't count until 70 times 7 and that in a single day. Because some of us stay around our own people. I was telling a quarrel with uh, a couple this recently, 15 years marriage. 
And the, the man said he brought a whole book, exercise book, 27 times. I told him, I said, this is why you are sick. 27. He still had a record of the heart. For as long as you have the record of the heart, it means you are not forgiven. For as long as the heart still makes you feel something, practice mercy. He that passed by a transgression, secret friends. Proverbs 17 verse 9. He that repeated a matter, separate good friends. Don't bother. Practice it. It's not very easy. I've been married for 35 years. <laughs> and I know what it is. It's impossible that offense will come. No matter how you try to avoid it. Something you said, something you did, how you did it, how you said it, the way you dress, what you comment you made. One day my wife said, do I look good? I said, you look good in the middle of the world. He said, what do you mean? Middle of the world. Did I marry the world? Do you know, until the evening of that day, about to sleep, he said, look oh. What is that? You know, I didn't know I hurt her. He said, middle of the world. When I was married, was it not the middle of your eyes? I said, ah, you look beautiful. He said, say it properly. He said, you look beautiful. He said, say it again. He said, you look beautiful. <laughs> now, gracious. You need to be gracious. You need, I mean, I felt for her when she said that. Because if I cannot appreciate her, who else will? Who else can? People are offended by everything. Some people will dress so that you speak. If you don't speak, they are not happy. Say, don't you see the suit I bought? Oh, yeah, you bought suit. Eh. <laughs> and they feel offended all day long. They feel unhappy. So God wants us to operate in what? Unlimited forgiveness. Quickly because of time. Now, number five. The word of God does not only want us to forgive and as doers of the word of God, we need to forgive. But also the word of God tells us to forgive based on the fact that we ourselves have offended God and have been forgiven much. And you remember the story I read? They said the first Sabbath owed 10,000 talents. That is the weight of your sin against God before you got born again. He said, but that servant, a fellow servant, owed him how much? 100 pence. That is the weight of the offense of any fellow human being against you. So if you have been forgiven 10,000 talent, should you be the same person that will now hold somebody by the neck? Did you know that he was very dramatic? The same thing he said was what the other servant said. He fell down. He rolled on the ground. And the master had compassion on him and forgave him 10,000 talents. Do you know the worth of 10,000 talents? They said he wanted to sell him, his wife, his children, and all that he had. That was the state you were before you came to him. You were nothing. The debt you owe was so much since you've been born. You have been sinning. I was telling one man recently, at the age of eternal, who got saved? I said, you have invested in sin for 89 years. I said, you need to invest in God. What I was, what I was telling him that he was trying to write his will, and I said, 
Write some of your will to the church you attend. He said, why does the church need my money? I said, you have been invested in sin for 89 years. And now you got born again through that church. I said, invest in the kingdom of God. He said, thank you, sir. So look at that. God said, you don't have a reason to hold anything against anybody. Why? Look at what you owe. Every offense against God is a bigger offense than an offense against human beings. What my father did to me, call me black sheep, all that pants. What your manager did to you, suck you, all that pants. What that driver did, bash your car and said, look at your head, are you crazy? Hundred pants. I was, I was inside the bus one day in the UK. I was talking on phone. Somebody just slapped me. Wah! I look at him. Is it why you making noise? You know what I said? Hundred pence. He said, Where is that? I said, Hundred. <laughs> now, what I'm saying is this I showed him mercy. One man came to me afterwards and said, What you did is out of this world. He said, Are you a Christian? I said, Yes. I said to myself, Only a Christian could have done that. Let your light so shine. Why am I supposed to be merciful so that I can inspire and provoke others too to be merciful? What you did against God. You lived in sin. You were born in sin. You lived in sin. All those places you went to, the things you did, 10,000 talents. You're not supposed to have a wife anymore. You're not supposed to have children anymore. You're not supposed to have a future anymore. You are supposed to be sold because you are nothing. But you are forgiven. I owe the debt I couldn't pay. He paid the debt he did not owe. Let us practice it. We don't just need to forgive the way the Bible says it. But here is what it says. Your offense against each other. Hey, divorce me. Hundred pence. Hundred pence. He lambasted me. Hundred pence. He sent me out of his house. He told the rain. Hundred pence. He insulted me in the presence of my wife. Hundred pence. You will need forgiveness in future. You have been forgiven. You don't have a right. But this servant exercised it as if to say he has a right. This is what is killing people. This was destroying marriages. God is washing his church by the water of the world that he may present his church to himself, a glorious church having no spot or wrinkle. In ministry, I have left Nigeria. Listen, I left Nigeria to go to the UK. When I arrived in the ministry I was going, years ago, the man did not even remember he fixed the program. I have borrowed money from here to buy tickets. So he said to me, he said, I said, good evening. He said, yes, I said, he said, am I, am I expecting you? I said, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. Now, what? <laughs> you know, not that there was no phone. I couldn't cross check. There was no phone. We met, we discussed. I still remember the name of the ministry for so many years until I forgave him. That's when I forgot the name of the ministry. It hurt me, and it was going to hurt me. I was going to be bitter. I was going to be unhappy. I was going to be unkind. It was when I released him 
that I receive life and minister life to him. Very many times after that instant, whenever I see, I say, Now, who is it paining? It's paining me. But without him knowing, he's also affecting me because I have something against him. Forgive if you are. When you bring your gift to the altar, your gift will not be received. Don't drop off free or tight if you are living in unforgiveness. It's a waste of investment. The soil will not produce anything. Open the window. Window for where? Open the window of heaven. Poor Mbo. Who shut the window, shut the door, shut the ground under your feet. Make the heavens above your head like brass. 100 pence. You see, when you learn to have that attitude, you'll be a better person. Let me try and round this up. Number six. I wanted to notice the name that the master called his servant who did not forgive. I told you to circle it. He said it somewhere there. He said in verse 30, starts 32. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked. God said, if you don't forgive, it's wickedness. Because you have been forgiven. And you have become the seed of mercy have been sown inside you. If you don't forgive, every man. That is one thing I do all the time. Every day before I sleep, I look at my heart. My soul always did diligent search. I don't want God to find something in my heart that will keep me out of heaven. I want to clean my steps. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses even as we forgive those that trespass against us. Daily! Deuteronomy 33, 33, 55 As your day so shall your strength be. Give us this day. Don't let the sun go down on your earth. You can be angry but sin not. Where do I sin? When the sun goes that on your earth. When you are hot with something somebody said somebody did to you. I will tell you a story in a few minutes. He said, Oh thou wicked. One translation says, You worthless bondman. Worthless. One translation says, You scoundrel. You rogue. You rascal. That is the name adjective that God used to describe his own servant. Psalm 119. Verse 125, he said, I'm thy servant. Psalm 119, verse 31, he said, we are all thy servant. But look at the name he called him. Wicked! Now, what does the Bible tell us God will do to the wicked? So that you can know. If God calls you a name, it is an indication of what he will do to you. The Bible says in Psalm 7, 11, he said, God is angry with the wicked every day. Psalm 9 verse 17. He said he will turn the wicked to hell and all the nations that forget God. Isaiah 57, 57 verse 21. Isaiah 48 22. He said there is no peace for the wicked. It's not good for God to call you wicked. But God calls you wicked because of what you are holding against something, somebody or what someone is holding against you. It's wickedness. It's not the nature of God to do that. 
The nature of God is not to do such a thing. In the church today, there are ministers who have hurt each other and who are hurting because people hurt them. I've been in the church before. I came all the way from Illinois to come and preach here. I see Lagos. I told the man that was years ago. I've been staying in Charity since 1991. I said, I stay in Charity. He said, No, there's a he said there is a guest house behind my house. That is good enough. I said, if it's good there, then you move there. Let me move into your own house. I told him, I said, No, I will stay in Charity. The first night I preached, the man did not. He didn't pay for the hotel. I paid for the hotel. I brought myself from Milan to pay for the hotel. Because God used me to give him a prophecy 10 years before then that made him to leave Kaduna and come to Lagos here where his ministry is now celebrating and they're opening a 3,000 cathedral. And I was invited to come and preach. And he could not pay for my own hotel. So that night after I finished preaching, one of the members of the church gave me 40,000. It was 35,000 then. So I paid 35,000. The next year I preached, another member of the church gave me 70,000. So the second day, I paid for the hotel. Then the third day, one member of the church came and gave me 100,000. And the man gave me an honorarium of 80,000. So I said, come, sit down. Let us reason together. I said the... <coughs> The laborer, the labor is worthy of his hire. I said, God used me for you 10 years ago. I'm not staying with it. I've even forgotten. But you called me from in order to come and preach here. You could not pay for the hotel I stayed. I said, but it was your church members who paid. You told me that you did not have money, but your church members paid. He said, how did they pay? So I told him. I said, I'm hot, you know. I said, if I were to do what I want to do or feel like doing, I will smash I will smash this chair on your head. You know what I said? I said, I will smash. He was looking at me. He said, I've never seen you this ferocious. I said, I'm not ferocious. I'm, I'm righteous indignation. I said, I will have smashed this. I said, but you know what? I'm forgiving you because you don't know what you are doing. If you know what you are doing, you told me that the church does not have money. But your church members paid. I said, you don't know what you are doing, but I forgive you. I said, you should forgive me too for the way I behaved. He said, he forgave me too. So I left. Now what I'm saying is this. That is, you see, practicing something at times is more difficult than talking about it. It's a wicked. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 33, the cause of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. The word of God tells us that those who are wicked will die before their time. This is the reason for tragedy. You see some Christians. What happened? You may not be able to know it but you see, the secret thing belongs to the Lord our God. For some of us who know some things about some people, I can tell you why that happened. I can tell you why it happened. The Bible says in Psalm 34, 21, evil will slay the wicked. Ecclesiastes 7, 17. He said, why are you foolish? And why are you wicked over much? Why will you die 
before your time. Psalm 55 verse 23. He said the, the, wicked, the wicked man does not spend half, half of his days on the earth. When God calls you wicked, it's a messenger of death. When God says you are wicked, he's going to treat you as one. He's, good. he's not going to treat you as the apple of his eyes. He's not going to treat you as flesh of his flesh and blood of his blood. Because you have transgressed. By your action, you have taken away yourself from the paths of righteousness to the path of the destroyer. Let me say it the way it's supposed to be said. Look at the way God said it. He said, Oh, thou wicked servant. Number seven. Not only does God use a strange negative adjective to describe this servant who is unforgiving, but look at his attitude towards the servant. The Bible said he was wroth. W-R-O-T-H or W-R-A-T-H. What does wrath mean? It means he was extremely angry. You know what? When you and I refuse to forgive, it provokes the anger of God. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 20 verse 2, He that sinneth against the king doeth his own soul a lot of evil. You do yourself a lot of disservice if you allow God to be unhappy with you because of the way you have taken that offense. I have prayed with people who have been stagnant, who lost money in the investment because of the way they responded. Many times the way we respond does affect us more than what was done to us. The way you respond does more harm to you than what was done to you. The Bible says he was wroth with his servant. He was not pleased. If you allow the way you take offense to affect God's attitude towards you, it's so unfortunate. It's not necessary. And that's why forgiveness must be unlimited. Don't give anybody an opportunity to rent a, a space in your mind without rent. You keep people in your mind. One sister said, I gave them a piece of my mind. I gave them a piece of my mind. I gave them a piece of my mind. And after giving away so many pieces, there was nothing left. She was getting angry all over the places. Her life became bitter. Her friends reduced. Progress terminate. All because she done for There is no way you can do it. People will offend. On the present job, in the present relationship, you must operate in full forgiveness. It was rough. The Bible says in Proverbs 19, 12, it said the wrath of the king is like the roaring of the lion. Proverbs 16, 14, it said the wrath of the king is like messengers of death. Messengers of death. Wrath is what falls on the children of disobedience. Ephesians 5, 6. You'll find it there. Colossians 3, 6. Say, for this reason, the wrath of God 
fall upon the children of disobedience. He said, Master was wrath. Don't let God be angry with you. He was pleased with Jesus. That was the secret of, of his life. Jesus said in John 8, 29, my father who sent me someone to be and not let me alone because I do always those things that were well pleasing in his sight. Do you think that the, the apostles were not offended? Do you think that the Pharisees don't offend Jesus Christ? If you let bitterness choke the life of God out of you, it's going to be your fault. But the power of God must work well inside you. And how will you make that happen? By making sure you don't give anybody an opportunity to rent a space in your mind. No matter who they are. You must forgive them, let them go. Empower your future, not your past. When you refuse to forgive people, you are giving your past the power to direct your future. If you don't want your future to be like your past, learn to overlook. Uh, the man cheated. Uh -huh. Do you think every woman does not know at times that something wrong is happening? If he apologizes, and say, I'm sorry. I was in a church where I was preaching. The man was sitting out there. I'm not saying anybody should be cheating. The man was sitting out there. The man's head will move like this. And the wife will hold the job. And the man will like, hey. I'm telling you. The man said, we move again. I was watching. The man with the wife hold the job. I'm gone. So at the end of the service, I said, what happened? I called, I said, what happened? See, that's how he is. Everywhere we go, his head is going up and down. Seeking whom to swallow. He said, I have forgiven him until my name has been called forgiveness. One day that man woke up after several forgiveness. He said to her, I said, I am sorry, I'm not proud that I'm the one that you're having to forgive all the time. He said, On my honor, I will never ever do such a thing again. The man became a responsible husband. He started taking care of her even more than he was doing before. And every, you see, when you forgive people, you give God's power to work in their lives. Proverbs 25, 21. If your enemy is hungry, give him food. If he's thirsty, give him water. In this way, you heal cause of fire upon his head and God will give you a reward. Many of us have heard about a man of God known as Smithy Gusworth. He married a wife. The, ma the wife was the Christian. Which Gusworth was not. In those days when he was a plumber. And this woman would go to church, go to Bible study, go to fellowship. And before we go swap, before she will come back, he will lock the door. In winter, minus 10, minus 20. And the woman will huddle together at the door, at the door of the house. And when he opens the door in the morning, she just come in and say, darling, what will you have for breakfast this morning? What will you have for breakfast? The man said, what did he say? So what will you have for breakfast? So that I can make breakfast. Because there is prayer meeting again at the end of the day. That was what brought that man to Christ. The wife, by a pious lifestyle, was able to overcome evil with good. Practicing it. 
Show people mercy. Show them mercy. It will surprise them. Because not many people show it in the world. Forgive them freely. Overlook their transgression. There is no sin. But such as is common to man. I went to some place recently and they stole my phone. And you know our phone is like for those of us, it's our office, everything. So I told the man where, I, where my phone was stolen. I said, you are a place, this place attract thieves. So you must be a thief too. I wanted to get even by the to the police. Because you see, the time when the phone was being stolen, I can remember what was happening. And I felt the man colluded. I went to. I was not very happy. The next day, I came there. I said, I'm forgiving you. He said, I was afraid of what you are going to do. He said, because the way you are threatening me yesterday. He said, is there any way I can help? I said, you can't help. Don't even try to help. But are you okay now with what I said? He said, yes, you are okay, sir. Thank you very much. I left the place. But you know, God made supernatural provision. I was just talking to one of my sons in Australia. I said, I went somewhere to buy something today and they stole my phone. My Samsung Galaxy Note 9 was stolen. He said, Daddy, how much is it? He bought me two. So I have Note 10 now and Note 9. God's power go to work when there is forgiveness. You are not allowing God's power to touch people because you have not forgiven. You know what? Every one of us can relate to somebody in your mind right now at the end of this service. I'm going to ask you to remember someone and that you are going to, with your mouth, before God Almighty, forgive that person and reach out to that person again. Stop cutting people out of your life. God has given you the power of mercy to be able to submit, submerge under feet whatever counsels the enemy brings against your life. One more point and I will close. I know it's a little bit excess, but today is the last day. Better is the end of the day than the beginning thereof. The last point I want to make is this. Look at what the king or the, the master did to the servant. Let me explain it to you. The Bible said he took him and delivered him to the tormentors. Let me now tell you what that means. As a child of God, there is a fence around you. There are what we call hedges around us. Job 1.10, there is a hedge of protection. Psalm 34 verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamped around them that trusted him and delivered them. Psalm 105 verse 14 and 15, if someone no man to do them evil, he reproved him for their sake, saying, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. Of course, there is a hedge of protection around us. Whether you know it or not, the devil has been trying to get you. Whether you know it or not, it goes up and down seeking whom to devour. But the hedge of protection around you protects you from the serpent from biting you. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 8 says, Whosoever therefore diggeth a pit shall fall into it. Whosoever breaketh the 
hedges, the serpent shall bite him. Some people say, but it was a good Christian. What happened? The fence was down. Many things can bring down the fence. But one of the things I know bring down the fence is unforgiveness. He said he delivered him to the tormentors. To the scourgers. To the jailers. He delivered him. God will not put us into the hand of the devil. He will remove the hedges. The devil that has been trying to get us all this while will then move in and then mess up our lives. Unforgiveness will ruin your marriage. It will ruin your business. It will ruin your health. Let me tell you a story to close it. My own story. When I gave my life to Christ, at a point in time, because God showed me the vision, I was going to go over the, all over the world to preach. I thought I was going to make it happen. So I started looking for how to make suits to wear, to look good like pastor suit. And I went and got this money and I bought this material after I've suffered myself. And I gave the material to a tailor who was not a Christian. And the tailor messed up the material. I went to his store. I cursed him. I said, except I'm not a Christian. You will not leave. You will die. The way you mess up my clothes, that's how your life is going to mess up. I said all those things. And I was very happy when I was going. Uh -huh. I left. I'm talking about what happened to me too personally. Nothing happened first week, second week, third week, fourth week, fifth week. Seventh week. I had malaria. In those days, they treated malaria with procaine penicillin. When you had malaria, they would give you procaine penicillin. And once they give you procaine penicillin, they inject you procaine penicillin. You're supposed to be well. So they gave me procaine penicillin one time, two times, three times, four times. The doctor said, I'm sorry, I don't think this thing is working. So I went to the fellowship I usually go to. They laid hands on me. One man. The next day I was still there. Then two of them laid hands on me. The next day I was still there. Then the third day they laid hands on me. And then the leader of the fellowship said, Brother George, is there anything that we don't know? When things are not working, search yourself. When things that are working for others don't work for you, God is not partial. When God's fingerprints and footprints are not visible in your life, Search your heart. God is not a wicked God. Before you call, he has answered. Why are you speaking? He has heard. I went back home. Malaria symptoms all over. Then I started looking at my heart. Then I remembered me and Taylor. I said, but he's not a Christian. He said, forgive if you have ought against anyone. Come and see me. Go to Taylor. I became very humble. I got there. Taylor, I'm sorry for the way I misbehaved. It's okay, sir. I'm sorry for what I said. I forgive you. I'm sorry. He said, me too, I didn't like it, sir. I'm not happy with you, sir. Just because of one suit. 
Why did you talk like that? I seem to say the world was going to come to an end. Say me too, I'm not happy. Say me too, I've not been well. I said, me, I'm not well too. I hugged him. And when I hugged him, I said, Father, help us both. We released mercy into each other's life. Before I got home, I was sweating profusely. Like I had been in the water or in the bath. Ladies and gentlemen, tragedy have happened to Christians because of unforgiveness. Let mercy prevail. Overlook it. You will survive. There is life on the other side of whatever has happened. Your hair will grow again. The door will open yet wide. God will yet walk in your life. But today, forgive. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. We are going to do something right now. Something right now. Everybody stand. Everybody stand as much as you can. Bow your heads. Some of you can readily remember those who hurt you. Some of you cannot. But what I wanted to do tonight is to forgive that person. If there is anyone that help us, one, one, I want you before God, bow your head and close your eyes. Forgive your wife, forgive your husband. This is one of the things that have helped ministries. It has helped families. It has helped businesses. It has helped homes. Forgive if you have ought against any. Your mother. Your mother rejected your boyfriend or husband. Your mother, your father did not give you school fees. You're a graduate now, but you still don't talk to him. It's not over. If you want to talk to God about this message, because it has relevance to you, and you remember somebody who has something against you, forget your offering. Don't give your offering yet, because your offering will not work. Your prayer will not work. Your faith will not work. With unforgiveness, if you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your heavenly Father may also forgive you your trespasses. The thieves who stole things from you. I remember my first jeep that Pastor Escort gave me. Gave me a jeep. Some thieves came, took a gun to my side, took the car. Every single day for the first seven days, I was cursing them. May you die. You have carried the ark of God. You die. You die. You die. And God said, How can I replace it if you don't let mercy prevail? So I, I let mercy prevail. And I drive custom Jeep cars. You know, what when I think about it, it looked to be the biggest, but it became the minimum. You allow the power of God to work in your life and in other people's lives. Well, you forgive them. As you bow your head, and you know you need to talk to God about this. There is somebody, something, somebody said something. Your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your uncle, your neighbor, your aunt, that driver, that that man, that woman, that last relationship, that husband you are married to, that place where you live, that place where you walked. And you know, tonight, you must drain the heart out of your life. I want you to put your hand on your chest. If you know you need that, put your hand on your chest. Wherever you are, 
and speak to God about it. Tell God, I forgive X, Y. I forgive my brother. I forgive my sister. Forgive my wife. For so long, my wife said to me when I was going to start ministry, do you think ministry is for everybody? And it hurt me. For so long, I said, oh, you said that to me? For so long, it hurt me. So I'm now a, a jick or jack. I said, do you think ministry is for everybody? Everybody goes on full time. Do you think so? Because people are saying they are going, you too want to go? And it hurt me. But the time came that I had no choice but to say, okay. I released that. I told her, she told me I'm, she's sorry. And I said, I'm sorry too. And that's it. So if there is somebody like that in your life or that's happened, put your hand on your chest. Bow your head. Talk to God. Let your soul make diligent search. Talk to him because you love him. You'll see the unction that will come upon you. Before this conference is over, you'll see what will happen. If you have an opportunity to call them, call them. If you have an opportunity to go and see them, go and see them. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall obtain mercy. Talk to them. Talk to them. Talk to them. Talk to the Lord. Seek his face. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.